Welcome, everyone. Uh, Jeff Cohn from the Wall Street Resource. And joining me is Ben Erez. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. He's the chairman of Greenbox. Uh, hello, Ben, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Jeff, and you did pronounce my name correctly. Thank you. Okay, good. So, so Ben, for those that aren't familiar with Greenbox, can you please give us just a quick overview? Sure. Uh, Greenbox is a company that was established uh, by uh, Freddie Nissan, my partner and co-founder, and myself uh, about four and a half years ago. We set out to utilize uh, our uh, joined expertise uh, coming from uh, the technology, capital markets, payment uh, space. Um, we looked for uh, an interesting uh, user case to solve. Uh, very quickly, uh, we started making technology bets along uh, the blockchain uh, ledgering infrastructure. Uh, it took us about uh, two years to develop our first solution that uh, was holistic. Uh, and by holistic, I mean uh, Greenbox on developed uh, infrastructure or the operating system and all of the applications uh, needed to deploy a complete ecosystem. Our first deployment uh, uh, was in the beginning of 2019. Uh, that deployment was received uh, very successfully. And within the first three quarters of 2019, we processed a little over $170 million on our system. Um, the second generation of our technology uh, was released in April of 2020, um, where we added uh, capabilities along cryptocurrency handling and uh, uh, Forex uh, transactions. Uh, and that allowed us to uh, begin our global expansion with initially a Europe focus. Uh, we have been working on our third generation technology and uh, are releasing it uh, in the coming days. Uh, we're now in the middle of uh, January as this being recorded. Um, and by the time uh, this recording will be made available publicly, generation three uh, will be already released. Um, okay. This new technology uh, includes new features uh, such as uh, stablecoin, uh, primarily focused on USDC support, uh, payment facility uh, management software, and blockchain provenance for automated uh, onboarding of new business and KYC procedures. Um, the, the company uh, currently uh, is headquartered in San Diego. It uh, has uh, about uh, 120 employees, uh, very soon to grow uh, by additional 30 people uh, following an acquisition just completed. Um, and uh, uh, our current performance um, basically due to uh, certain modules from Generation 3 already developed and uh, deployed in Generation 2 uh, show uh, in the fourth quarter of 2020 performance 
in, in excess of uh, $100 million in processing. Okay. So, so just so I'm clear, this technology is for payment processing, and it's for what goes on behind the scenes after somebody uses a credit card. Is, is that correct? That is essentially correct, although processing implies in the traditional world that uh, a product, service, or uh, money is moving from point A to point B. Under blockchain, uh, what is being transacted or transmitted is the control of that asset. Essentially, the buying power and the control of the product or service being acquired, that is being transferred. So in other words, if I was to provide you with an analogy to that, uh, I can buy your new Ferrari by giving you a key to a safety deposit box that has the cash uh, to that uh, money that we agreed on uh, for this transaction. And you can give me the key to the car, and so long that the third party uh, does the provenance on both of us, that I have the authorization to transact on the money and you have the authorization to uh, deliver the car, the transaction can be completed just by the exchange of keys. But the car and the money did not move. Uh, and this is essentially what ledgering processing is. Okay. And so that's where you guys come in and, and how you differentiate yourself um, by, by using this blockchain. Is that correct? That's correct. Exactly correct. Okay, because you have to be um, a relatively small player in the overall scheme of uh, payment processing. Uh, so exactly where do you fit in in that competitive landscape? So, you know, when, when I used to work for Microsoft back in the days, I remember Bill Gates always saying that in spite of Microsoft's size, uh, its biggest challenge could be from a guy working in his garage and providing competitive um, software. Uh, the fact that the Greenbox may be small doesn't mean that it has uh, any barrier to scalability uh, on the banking bandwidth or the technology that will keep it uh, from uh, being you know, a multi-billion dollar company. Um, I would direct you to a couple of uh, very new developments in this space. The first one is the, the authoring of a new act called the Banking for All Act that essentially uh, is the first conversation, in-depth conversation, of the process and technology that would lead the United States into the digital transaction uh, space in general. And this is uh, essentially following up on uh, the same from China with the digital UN and the similar from Europe with the uh, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, um, 
where China is expected to go completely digital by next year, by June of next year, they say. Um, Europe will be passing a critical mass of users on that uh, platform probably within uh, 18 to 24 months as well. And the U.S. is just beginning with the, um, this initiative, um, the digital dollar, uh, the collaboration between the feds and MIT on the fed coin, uh, and things of that nature. Uh, further, uh, on January 4th, just a few days ago, um, the Office of the Comptroller of Currency issued a directive to all banks that as of that day, all banks are authorized to utilize blockchain systems in exactly the same uh, manner um, and responsibility as ACH, Wire, or SWIFT rails. This is a major, major move into that new space. And it sounds like it you essentially said... Uh, set, sorry? Uh, I, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, so I'm saying that uh, it defines a whole new frontier um, for major players um, in this arena uh, banks uh, and down uh, to go and compete for new business. In fact, um, even just to maintain their existing business because consumers themselves have made that transition already. Um, that uh, forces everyone to begin looking for uh, collaborative opportunities. No one in their right mind is going to get into this space by initiating their own development. It doesn't matter if it's small or large entity, the idea of designing technology like that from scratch is financial suicide. So the alternative is to look at what is already available. And the only holistic uh, platform is available from Greenbox commercially. There are other uh, smaller solutions, but the holistic uh, structure is only, and technology is only available from Greenbox. Okay. And, and so, so this um, blockchain that you've built your platform on, are there any special attributes that give it an advantage in terms of either size of transactions or volume of transactions, or, or what's your competitive edge there? So blockchain was developed specifically for fintech applications. So if we go back to um, that uh, analogy that I gave you with me buying your car, um, and you're selling it simply by exchanging of keys, you understand that there is no uh, geography limitations. You know, we could have phoned that thing in. Um, there's no size limitation. doesn't matter how much money uh, the car is worth or 
uh, is in the safety deposit box, it is still the same uh, encrypted or private key that uh, controls that. Uh, we don't. We are not bound by the business hours, or geographical location, or holiday schedule, or bank correspondence, um, and this is completely unhackable transaction. Right? You lose the key. There's nothing in the key itself to say, you know, it belongs to Jeff Cohen, and Ben Ares uh, bought his Ferrari with this. Uh, with the exchange of that particular key. The key does not go back to you. Um, so if you look at the performance of, of our platform, you begin to realize the advantages of it. Right? This, uh, this is the, the fastest possible way to complete transaction. Uh, it's secure. It's private. It's unhackable. Um, there's no bandwidth limitations. It can serve um, unlimited uh, number of transactions um, and uh, locales. Um, and again, as I said before, there's no technology barrier to scalability. I mean, we could, using the exact same technology, transfer trillions of dollars. Um, but because we're not transferring physically anything, we're just exchanging control Keys. Okay. Right? That's the whole idea behind it. So, sounds like an important technology. Is it protected at all by P? Yes, uh, to a certain degree. Um, you know, I've been doing IP work for many years, over 35 years. Um, and when you try to protect technology, um, by way of recording IP, you're essentially saying the following. Um, I am concerned with someone else coming up with the same idea and competing with me or doing reverse engineering on my technology, authoring their own and coming up with solutions that are similar and competitive. Um, there's a difference when you talk about blockchain, um, the tendency is to actually not uh, record any patents for a few reasons. Number one, by the time you finish recording a patent, that technology that you're patenting may be obsolete. This technology is developed and evolves at a very rapid rate. Um, the, if you just look at, at our own history, you'll see that you know, generation one took two years to do, generation two, 14 months, generation three, um, about eight months, and generation four, maybe six months. Uh, and the evolution uh, is so rapid and so um, broad that uh, patenting it will only give other people advantage into uh, the way you, you're thinking, your projections for the industry, directions that you know because of your experience. It doesn't really work for, for Greenbox. So although we did record uh, initially uh, provisional patents for the company, we have five of them, 
uh, we're not using that strategy moving forward, uh, and we rely on just being uh, leaders on the technology side. Uh, further, you know, we rely on being the only um, mature commercial platform for this technology. Okay. Now, now, does this work for online as well as bricks and mortar? Yes, of course. Okay. Um, and actually, there are other uh, occurrences as well, right? So, for example, we have a, a mobile solution for delivery or for transportation or for Uber-like scenarios. Uh, we have an e-commerce solution uh, that... Uh, works for all online scenarios, um, and a brick-and-mortar solution that also uh, works for any physical location. So essentially our technology is available uh, to support any transactional platform uh, from uh, kiosks to uh, cash registers to point-of-sale to online scenarios to mobile scenarios. Okay. And then who are your customers and what channels are you reaching them by? So traditionally, uh, Greenbox um, has deployed the independent sales organization strategy for uh, customer acquisition um, in, with few exceptions. So you know, for large uh, to, you know, very large scenarios like a, uh, a Fiserv or a Visa type uh, collaboration, uh, we do direct um, communication. But in all other scenarios, uh, we rely on uh, ISOs, independent sales organization, to uh, connect uh, and be an authorized uh, citizen of our ecosystem, and then anyone under them, all of their clients and their merchants and their uh, business verticals um, inherit that capability automatically. So um, our approach was always, uh, you know, find the portfolio owner and um, – and then just uh, onboard the whole platform in one shot. Um, and this is a, actually even more, uh, you know, the focal point of our onboarding strategy with Generation 3, where uh, we need to onboard, you know, many thousands of, of uh, new merchants onto our system, um, and we have to do it very fast. So if before uh, some of that process was manual and took days, uh, under Generation 3, the onboarding of new business takes minutes, which is why we ported these modules first into Generation 2 and deployed them into uh, our ecosystem uh, in Q4 of 2020, and that led to this, uh, amazing business performance during that quarter. Is onboarding the, the biggest inhibitor to growth? How quickly you can onboard, or, or what's the uh, gating well, factor? Yeah, so there are a few. 
Um, onboarding obviously is a uh, is an objective um, roadblock. It's necessary. Uh, it's regulated. It's mandatory. Um, so that's uh, that's one inhibitor. Um, you may also look at uh, the idea that um, you know blockchain ecosystems are designed around technology that requires these you know special keys or or tickets to participate inside the ecosystem um, because most people come from uh, the fiat world right you have a credit card debit card in dollars um, to participate in the ecosystem you have to do a certain onboarding procedure we call it the on-ramp and then when you're done you want to exit and have you know fiat currency in your pocket or in your control again on the off-ramp uh, so on-ramp and off-ramp activities are still legacy activities still require banks and they still require uh, the participation of the issue in banks um, so banking bandwidth that is available to us uh, is a sort of a bottleneck on both of these ends as it pertains to generation two generation three is moving away from all of that um, and the part that you know converts uh, your dollars into a stable coin, the, uh, the digital equivalent of a minted currency um, on both the on-ramp side and the off-ramp side are part of the ecosystem now. So generation three uh, in its stabilized format is once again an end-to-end -end solution. It's a holistic end-to-end -end solution. Okay. And it operates, so sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was asking, so, so does that mean your platform is completely built out now, or might yeah. you add pieces through acquisition, or, or, you know, or is that all done in-house? Uh, okay, there are multiple questions there. Let me see if I can get to all of them. Um, so, uh, number one, yes, the, the platform is fully built, um, and versions of it have been deployed for years, as I mentioned. Generation three is the new system um, that also has been completed uh, and is now being released with some of its modules already being deployed in generation two. Um, the idea of doing acquisitions um, is always in the forefront of the, what we do. Uh, we would do acquisitions along uh, portfolios and in some cases where it makes sense uh, whole companies uh, and we have just completed one such acquisition um, in recent days uh, and this was a the biggest acquisition that we have ever done uh, it's a 52 million dollars acquisition um, the interesting thing in that acquisition is that it provides not only um, development team and support team a total of about 30 people uh, and they also um, 
the office building in, in downtown Chicago, uh, a 50,000 square foot building that we acquired while doing this transaction, um, but also uh, this is done uh, utilizing the strength of our security, our stock, and in a uh, stipulated value for the stock of $2. Uh, so in essence, um, our effective cost to acquire is very low. Um, and it's accretive to not only the company, but to shareholder value um, and uh, establishes a new base uh, towards the company's uplifting to NASDAQ. I'm a little confused, Ben, about the, the price of the currency. So the, the stock yeah. is, in, is presently in the ones. Um, they're buying at two? They're buying above market? Or, or accepting above market, rather? Exactly correct. So and, and the reason something like this is possible is uh, because of the, that particular entity being familiar uh, with the company, with the technology, with the leadership team, uh, and with its growth capabilities. Um, you know, our stock uh, grew uh, this year uh, about 3,200% from low to high. Um, we have been setting new highs um, every day this week. Um, and it is fairly uh, clear for us to see where the stock is going. Uh, I'm not going to provide uh, stock guidance. That's not my job. I run a company, not sell securities. Um, but um, we were able to convince the company that we acquired that the real price for the stock um, has to include its trajectory. So $2 is not a destination, right? It's just another milestone on the way. Um, you know, we don't think that the, the stock will get to $2 and, and park there. Uh, I think the, the growth of the stock uh, is, is uh, evident, and it's uh, uh, something that could be uh, modeled. Um, and therefore, executing on future value of the stock is something that is reasonable. Now, how does this acquisition fit into your existing business and to help you accelerate that growth? Excellent question. So uh, that company performs today. Uh, that company earned a net income in uh, 2020 of just over $13 million, 13.8 to be exact. Um, and they have done that um, even with a pandemic that dramatically impacted their business um, because that uh, particular company uh, has an expertise in uh, particular themed restaurants and things like that, um, which most of those have been closed uh, throughout the year. Um, so if you assume that the uh, green box 
which, unlike that company, has the ability to execute on this book of business, um, at least at the same level as the other company, right, as the previous company or the current owner. Um, and you add the net income to the projected net income of Greenbox in 2021, and you accept that um, and relevant or meaningful uh, PE ratio uh, for the company's stock uh, for its industry and its positioning is in the neighborhood of 45 to 50 on 2021 projected uh, income, then you're talking about um, a stock that is, you know, maybe in the $5 range, right? So let's just say, uh, and this is how I get to this. So uh, let's say $30 million in EBITDA uh, earnings for 2021 um, at even 40 uh, P ratio is 1.2 billion, assuming that we have uh, about 200 million shares outstanding. You divide the the first by the second, and you get $6 stock um, with an enterprise value of $1.2 billion. So um, that is very accretive not only to the, the company's growth and business model, but also, again, for creating shareholder equity that makes uh, investing in the stock uh, more reasonable for folks, uh, both retail and uh, institutional. Okay. And then in terms of models, what's the revenue model of the company? Uh, the revenue model was and remain uh, depending uh, largely on the uh, volume of processing. Um, traditionally, um, we earn uh, about 7% gross uh, fees collected on volume of business uh, and net about 2%. Uh, this is possible because Greenbox has several um, profit centers uh, that we utilize on our uh, ecosystem performance. Uh, those include not only fees on uh, one-time transactions, but also fees on uh, transactions happening inside the ecosystem without exiting. And that, that number is increasing more and more. And remember, these transactions that happen inside the ecosystem belong entirely 100% to Greenbox, uh, where other transactions like the on-ramp and off-ramp are, are type of transactions where the fees are under rev share, right? We share these revenues with the ISOs mm -hmm. uh, or, and with the banks. Um, okay. But also, our technology under Generation 3 uh, will increase these margins um, because it makes available payment scenarios under white label um, situation, basically allowing, um, you know, from banks to individuals to have their own uh, custom platform that is 
uh, tailored specifically to their needs um, in a very short order. So, for example, if you wanted to uh, complete, uh, compete with Square, um, you could do that in two weeks. You don't have to invest in, uh, in new technology, in development, in, uh, in all of these interesting scenarios, right? Uh, which will take you years and a lot of money. You can just utilize and deploy um, the entire Generation 3 software under a private label for yourself. So, you know, maybe next year or this year will be a thousand square, all competing with each other. Same thing for so, banks. Uh, banks also can take, and we are now in, in contact with several very large banks, uh, to do exactly the same thing. You know, let me do my banking operation and compete in this new frontier of, you know, customer acquisition in the, in the virtual space by utilizing, uh, you know, the, the quickest to market scenario, which is a green box white label solution in generation three. And within a few weeks, everybody will come to me. That will be the only solution that accommodate that. Okay. And so what are some of the key growth drivers that, that's driving your business? So, you know, we, this is an interesting question, um, which I would divide into, you know, strategy before uh, the letter from the office of the controller earlier this week or last week. Um, and after. Before it, our strategy was very simple. You know, let's provide an infrastructure that can provide uh, this level of service to any legal platform, right? So, for example, if uh, uh, Visa and MasterCard no longer support uh, the adult business or the gaming business, um, these businesses can still be uh, affected by performing in the digital space, right? Using, you know, currency that does not require banks or issuer or in the control of any um, regulating locale. We are still bound by uh, regulated onboarding. So we know that the uh, the Money is, is legitimate. Uh, the consumer is authorized to transact in that space and that the product and service provided are legal. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, if, a, uh, if a, a certain vertical um, has issues with banking bandwidth, right? So, for example, let's say you're in the CBD business, and the bank says, okay, you can do up to $100,000 a month of CBD with me. Um, in the digital space, there's no limit. Do as much as your business can do. Uh, so just by providing uh, this type of uh, massive advantage in the marketplace is critical, right? It's a... You know, I can tell you that Greenbox has never spent any money on customer acquisition. 
right? Customers always find us, large and small, right? Even as big as Pfizer, they found us. Um, you know, we, we never went after uh, market or consumers uh, directly. We don't even have a marketing division. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it, it sounds very exciting. Uh, before we go, though, is there anything you want to leave us with? Uh, sure. Um, a couple of things. So, first of all, uh, we just uh, hired uh, a new chief operating officer uh, by the name of Vanessa Luna. Uh, we've worked with her um, on our ecosystem for a few years now and have known the, her before. Very, very capable, and I, I like to have a shout-out to her and welcome her on board. Um, the second thing is to uh, give you an update on our NASDAQ plans. Um, we're shooting for uh, being a NASDAQ-listed company in February. Uh, so we're very excited about that opportunity and look forward to it being completed uh, within six to eight weeks. Very good. Well, Ben, thank you so much for sharing all that. Thank you for your time.